The entire team at Emsolation want to acknowledge that we are gathered on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We want to recognise that we are recording and telling our stories on the stolen land of our country's first storytellers. We wish to pay our respects to all Wurundjeri elders and ancestors and to extend that respect to any First Nations peoples who listen to Emsolation. We recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's continued connection to the land and waters of this country and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be. You can't be giving a bunch of newborns pink eye. Who do you think you are? And Michael Lucas. Oh, I can never see a way that that will blow up in your face. Unintended. This is Emsolation. Do you skip my stories on Instagram? What? As opposed to diligently sitting there looking. Yeah, no, I'm I'm selective. You're in Emsolation. Well, hello there and welcome to Emsolation. My name is Em Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen, a neurodivergent magic brain, and together with my best friend since I was 11, screenwriter, Logie and actor award winner, Mr Michael Lucas, I bring you this podcast every week. I'm just going to come straight off the bat and say our most chaotic, manic, funny, inappropriate offering yet, and I know that is a big call, but it is over an hour, depending on how much we have to edit. We haven't edited it yet. <laughs> but when we say we promise you politics, princesses and penises, there's all of that, plus so much more. And right at the end, I'm going to give you a, a content warning and there's also a little bit of a buffer. I give you a, you know, like a sealed section insert because a certain sexual term came up that I had misunderstood what it meant, so I made Michael explain it to me explicitly. Explicitly. So you have that to look forward to. Or skip if you feel like it's a bit much for you. We talk about, oh, my goodness, Gwyneth Paltrow's innocent, Donald Trump is guilty, my backflip on a certain TV show. I went to the Goddess exhibition and Gina Davis was there and I made some mistakes will not shock any of you. We talk about my child shooting a video clip with 12 hours to spare. There is so much in there. It's a big bumper edition. How are you? I am on a high from going to the Grand Prix. I'm not going to bore you with it. It is one of my special interest topics. I could do an entire info dump, but it was just such a magnificent weekend. Vincey was sick. He got the flu And he tried to come and push through and I just said, no, sir, you stay home. But we were texting feverishly throughout the entire weekend. But the Grand Prix itself, even if you're not into F1, I know you will have heard it was chaotic. It was so bonkers. The most bonkers in the history of F1, which I'm kind of proud of, that happened in Melbourne. Fernando Alonso, a.k.a. Scott, (laughs) who I'm convinced looks like my husband, he got a podium finish in third. It was just wild and... I was able to, like, I didn't talk to many people. I was able just to, like, fixate on the track, which was great. And my husband really sat there and took all of my musings and all of my wonderment around Red Bull's DRS and how it is a good 10 seconds faster than anyone else's. Like, it is wild. He just opened up, like, Max Verstappen just opened up around Lewis Hamilton and they're on the straight and I'm just, like, and I text Dad, I'm like, he's going to DRS and then that's it, Mercedes is done. And sure enough, boom, what? Sorry, I said I wouldn't info dump. <laughs> anyway. It was a fantastic weekend. I'm feeling I'm feeling my cup is fuller. I need to do more of that. I realised over the last, you know, I've I've been battling a bit, as we all know, certain things have happened. I kind of shut myself away and haven't been doing things that make me feel good. So the Grand Prix and the exhibition last night and making sure I see my friends a bit more, I, you know, sometimes I kind of get into this thing of, oh, I'm an introvert and I'm autistic and it's better off with there's no people around and I kind of lock myself away thinking that I'm doing the right thing. But I think I need to not use that as not an excuse. Sometimes I do need to do that, but rather than having that as a blanket rule for everything, just making sure I leave the house every now and then. (laughs) I'm not going to stay here for too long because, as I said, this is a goodie. I really love this episode. It's fucking wild. (laughs) All right, gang, enjoy. Play the music.
M. Luciano and Michael Lucas. This is Emsolation. Michael Lucas not in studio because he has the flu he said he would never get, but yet here he is full of snot and high on codril. Hello. Oh, you don't need to seem so happy about it. Oh, you were very... <laughs> it is vindication, <laughs> though. It's true. I like to think that I have... We, we, I don't know why. We've got a thing in our friendship that we like to question each other's immune systems. Why? Why do we do this constantly? Because you could, there's so much evidence for either side. Like, there's so many times where you have just gone down, down, down. But you've said things like, you have the immune system of, like, a faint little cobweb. But I, which I disagree with. You have the immune system of a 16th century Victorian child with the Black Plague. That is your immune <laughs> the woman that has cancelled practically the last five times we're supposed to catch up because she's just too sick. As yeah. I've roamed in between countries and states. I have children, okay? You do not. So I get every... Elio is bringing home every single bug from kinder and it makes me so mad and now I eyeball parents. They're dropping kids off with green snot coming out and I'm like, great! I'm going to have that next week. How dare you? Don't take your kids to kinder if they've got green snot. Green Mm. snot means infected. You know, like, this is serious shit. It's not just some little mucus. And then the kindergarten teachers go down. It has been chaos at that kinder. I've started staying. I drop Ellie off at kinder now on Mondays, and I just flat out stay for an hour, and I read stories, and I make craft, and I do paintings, and my paintings are now on the wall at the kinder because they're so good. It is my favourite part of my week. Elio started asking me to leave. He's literally said, you can go now, Mum. Well, it sounds like it's worth the sickness. <laughs> <laughs> I still like to think that I would drop him off and absorb all those. You know what? You should pitch a reality show mm-hmm. and it's it's like immune system master and it's you and I and every episode we get exposed it's to like different survivor. diseases. But what would be riveting about it is you and I would both be too proud to admit we're sick. It'd be like that scene in Bridesmaids. You'd be going, oh, you're looking, is your voice? It sounds a bit husky there. Is that a... No, no, I'm fine. <laughs> Fine. You I can keep going. Literally missed the birth of my child because you got pink eye because you your conjunctivitis mi- clarification. Eye. And it was like there was no you could barely see it. It was just that they were being ultra cautious and saying that I shouldn't go in the room because you'd worked twenty four hours a day, seven days a week for three months leading into the birth. And as always, when you end a project, you fall into a chasm of sick. And I'm like, can you just ease up because this is the date my child's being born? Sure enough, this dickhead with his big poo eye couldn't come in and see the birth. Missed it. Clarification. It was not poo. It was just standard conjunctivitis. Very mild. I did miss it. I did stand at the door. You did. You did. You did. (laughs) Some people might see their disease-riddled friends still dragging themselves to the hospital out of pure love, but no! Excuse me, you can't be giving a bunch of newborns pink eye. Who do you think you are? Oh, my goodness. They've got zero immunity. They're fresh to the world and some disgusting shit-lined eyeball human is standing there with frosty tears like, eh, hello, I'm in the unit when you get sick. You're like fucking cat weasel there. And I'm not going to let you in there. <laughs> Again, reiterating, there is no evidence whatsoever that this is shit-related. Hashtag fake news. Let's move on. <laughs> nice segue. Trump officially, oh, my goodness, it's happened. Can I just say that I can't hear what that was, so I just have to go off M's body language, which I would describe as, as like, I don't know, it was like a calypso dance, but she's a bit lazy. She can't get up. It was a shimmy. Yeah, it was the breaking news thing, but I remembered how long it went last week when we were talking about Gwyneth. All right. Here we go. Trump officially arrested this morning, but we're not getting a mugshot. We're not getting one. Did you know That's that? That's disappointing. No, why? Because apparently there was an idea that he would use that to put on T-shirts and, you know, martyr himself and propel his cause further and really rally the troops. The fact that, you know, he's so hardcore about freedom fighting that he's willing to be arrested. And But let's all, you know, let's all brush up on why. Trump has Mm -hmm. been arrested. He has been charged with 34 felony counts of fraud. The charges relate to a $130,000 payment made to buy the silence of one Stormy Daniels. Now, Stormy's doing great. Can I tell you what Stormy's been up to? 
She's been on Twitter, I've seen that. Mm-hmm. Not only did Stormy get the hush money and put it in the bank, she also has then got to sell her story many times over. And mm. I, if memory serves, she was once shown a picture of various mushrooms and asked to point out... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Just Couldn't help sneezed. it. How ironic the immunity chats just happened and he's had to sneeze. It was a random sneeze. <laughs> It's dusty. Anyway, she. do you remember she had to point out which mushroom best resembled Trump's penis? Which of these orange mushrooms would most represent the commander-in-chief okay. so of the United States military? Can you hold it up so it's coming at me at the correct angle? It's the most accurate depiction, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's very... Thank God. I'm just so happy... Me too. ...that the porn star that he paid off had such a way with words... Yeah. And with analogies. It's incredible. <laughs> incredible. Now, Stormy currently hosts a show called For the Love of Dilfs. Welcome to For the Love of Dilfs. Oh, and did we mention it's hosted by Stormy Daniels? Now I'm going to put my hand in my box and see who is going home. And it's a mm. show where we put to the test if daddies can fall in love with himbos. And it's narrated mm. by a man called Dr. Dilf. And Stormy is the host. And we see if burly, hairy, older men can, in fact, fall in love with hard-bodied, heart-of-gold, air-headed himbos. And Stormy Daniels is the host. And there is a God because... Oh, my incredible. God. There is a God. And also, <laughs> anyone who says the American dream is not real... Stormy Daniels, we present her as the ultimate evidence. (laughs) And I rest my case, Your Honour. So Trump, his lawyer, Michael Cohen, paid the 130k to Stormy, right? But then Mm. after investigating, we found out that Trump actually lodged that as his legal fees. It was just like a tax (laughs) item. And, you know, I get it. But I just feel like I had to get my giant inflatable penis written off as tax, but it legitimately was. I sometimes feel guilty about claiming false eyelashes. Like, I I don't because, you know, I shouldn't. But, no, Trump just thought... I mean, I would stand on a court stand and say her career is in large part built on false eyelashes. (laughs) This is an absolute essential business need. But because I get an email every quarter from my accountant asking me to put whether this is a business expense or a personal expense, and I just love that Trump got an email from Michael Cohen, hey, um, this 130K, what do we... Is this a business expense or a personal expense? Oh yeah, yeah no. Nah, like it's, it's. I paid off. A, I paid off an adult, a porn star. So let's just call it business and be done. <laughs> <laughs> but today we discover that wasn't even the highest amount he paid to silence a woman. No, he paid one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to Playboy model Karen McDougall to keep her quiet, and also paid off a doorman who had knowledge of a an alleged yes. child out of wedlock. Ah. Oh! It's wild times. So he was arrested, taken in. It was crazy scenes. Like the street was packed with police. He had an extra layer of fake tan on. He'd look like he'd been in Bermuda for the weekend. Like Mm. she'd really gone to town on the Sally Hansen for legs but on the face. Mm. And so we don't get a mugshot. He's taken in. There's going to be a trial. I don't think they're going to televise it. I can't figure it out. Like I don't know... But, my God, if we thought the Gwyneth Paltrow trial (laughs) (laughs) and would Stormy have to take to the stand? Like, are we going to get Stormy court fashion? And does Melania go? And what will Melania wear? Is she going to turn up with him every day? I don't know. It's a tough one to know how to play for Melania. I mean, no comment from her yet. No. What do you do? I don't know. I mean, surely it's got to impact on you in some way to to find out. I mean, I don't think there was any doubt in her mind that all of this was going on, but to have it be, like, absolutely the number one international story is a little bit... <laughs> like, you're not going to pull out the, frankly, I don't care coat for this. <laughs> that would be... So iconic if she wore that coat to the trial. Frankly, I don't care. (laughs) Imagine! So the whole reason this is, you know, it's not illegal to pay hush money to an adult porn star. I can't believe I'm saying that sentence. It's illegal to do so if you are running for president and falsifying documents which That's may right. sway the electorate towards And it counts as an it counts as a campaign contribution Correct. that you should have declared as well. I mean I I, I don't dispute in any way the illegality of all of this, but I mean I am I, I can't I feel like it's the best thing to have happened to his campaign. 
you know, since... Like, I feel like everyone was losing interest in him. I agree. Big time. And he has got it back. And it's wall-to-wall coverage. And that sends an absolute chill down my spine. And I can't help but think of the unicorn of death going, I saw it. Uh, Yep, I did. And I still do very much so. Can I read you this excerpt from this article? The question is, can Trump still run for president? Yes, there is nothing in the US Constitution to prevent Mr Trump from continuing his election campaign now he's being charged. Even if he is imprisoned, he can still run for president and win Mm. the election from his jail cell. Mm. Can you imagine... But do you know what? That's not something that I find inconceivable in any way. No, nor do I. Nor do I. I, I truly think that, uh, I mean, this is why they don't want to release the mugshot because it is yeah. good branding. And also up until now, you know, he loves an enemy. He loves a fucking enemy yeah. so much. And up until now it's been great for people on the left because his enemy have just been all the other Republican candidates and so they've been tearing each other apart. Now his enemy is the whole justice system and the Democrats and everything like that and he will be riding this one in with blanket 24-hour coverage and if it has to be from a jail cell, so be it. I'm just going to play you. My most favourite response from one Marjorie Taylor Greene upon Trump's arrest this morning. President Trump is joining some of the most incredible people in history being arrested today. Um, Nelson Mandela was arrested, served time in prison. Jesus, Jesus was arrested and murdered by the Roman government. There have been many people throughout history that have been arrested and persecuted by radical, corrupt governments. And it's beginning today in New York City. Um, And I just can't believe it's happening, but I'll always support him. He's done nothing wrong. So, I mean, yes, Jesus definitely paid some harsh money. (laughs) (laughs) To a porn star. As did Nelson Mandela. <laughs> this is wild. You truly do look at the United States at the moment and think, oh fuck. I think we're I think it's I think we're calling last drinks on the, <laughs> oh, on the free United shit. States because this shit is wild. Look, we'll, we'll let it play out, but as I predicted a long time ago, he will most definitely be the Republican candidate and most definitely win. This trial, this whole scenario makes him a hero, a martyr. Like, it's publicity that no one could buy. You're right, no one gave a shit about Trump, but he is trending on Twitter and he's not even allowed to be on Twitter. I know. So... We'd lost, we'd lost interest in yep. him and now, yep, unfortunately... He's back. Mm-hmm. Fuck, he's back <laughs> and it's a killer. And also the worst thing is, like, we all knew that he pays off. It's not like it's a revelation that's going to, like, change anyone's perspective on him at all. Like, no. we all knew this yeah. already. Yeah, it's not damaging in any way. So, look, while we're in... The American justice system, we must, of course, briefly touch on Gwyneth Paltrow's Gwynnescence. <sighs> she has been vindicated. She did not cause the injuries to Dr Terry. And, um, look, I can't tell you how many times I have replayed her exiting the courtroom. <laughs> I think it should be studied. <laughs> if you don't know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you'll hear, I don't think if, if we put a grab in, people won't hear it. But No, you can't hear no. it. You can't hear it. But that's part of, that's what is so incredible about it is it was so softly spoken. Yeah. She yeah. didn't need to even introduce any volume to her voice. So she, she got up very, like she got up very quickly and was announced and she exited that courtroom at speed. But as she walked behind the back of Dr. Terry, she leant in quickly and said, I wish you well. And then gone. And Kevin. I... Oh my When I I sent it to Em and Em thought that I was doing some sort of camp joke. I did. (laughs) I said to you, I don't believe you. Hilarious. Good job. And you're like, no, bitch. That is what she did. (laughs) I wish. Okay, so we need to know how much thought went into it because I would have said things like, fuck you. (laughs) Oh, you know, (laughs) I hope your penis rots and falls off. I would not have said... You know, so (laughs) how much we must believe that there was pre-thought on this or do you think in the moment Gwenny did it off the cuff? Oh, fuck. No, I think pre-thought. I think think Gwyneth is someone who plans ahead 
and she was clearly, I mean, that's like saying were the outfits she was wearing. Oh, my God. <laughs> were they just things she threw on in the morning? No, mm-hmm. not one of them. Of course not. I hope there was a whole team. I hope there were mood boards that went into it. I, am I disappointed she didn't go, I wish you well, and then she went, and here's the code for 30% discount of IV drips at Goop. <laughs> Would be amazing. Alas, no. But no, it was perfect. It was perfect. Couldn't have written it better, couldn't have performed it better. And and much like Donald Trump, I mean, what a thing for her brand. Oh, my God. What? A, you know, she was all but out for the count when we were putting ozones up our anus. And now, now there's entire, like, click and buys on fashion websites. Recreate Gwyneth's courtroom look. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> She's outsmarted us because we were sitting here saying, why would you not settle? How can this possibly oh. turn out to be good? Well, prove wrong. Never doubt Gwyneth. Never. She knows her brand. She's Never. riding so high. She's, she's an international legend at this point. <laughs> so thank God we weren't advising her. I wish you well. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed. <laughs> M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Last night I attended the Goddess exhibition opening at Acme in Melbourne and it is a celebration of about 130 years of women in film, staunch, amazing, fierce women, Mae West, uh, Anna Mae Wong, Marilyn Monroe and a lot of the costuming was involved. But um, the draw card of the night was Gina Davis, Obviously, yes, Link of yes, the Rain, Summer Louise, et cetera, et cetera, Olympic Archer. She was the guest of honour. And so obviously, naturally, I thought that we would all see her and be able to like talk to her and stuff. I was imagining basically just you standing in a circle talking with Gina. Yeah, no, that is not how things play out. <laughs> Oh, damn it, because you got such an in, because you were like, I was an athlete too, as well as... Exactly what I was going to open with. A feminist icon performer. We've got so much in common, You know me so well. So I walked the red carpet and I I was just... I I should not... Vogue pulled me for a chat and I got really flustered because it was Vogue, you know, so I'm like, oh, God. And they were asking really earnest questions like, you know, what does a goddess mean to you and, you know, why is representation important and all the things that I normally nail, right? But I was just really kind of distracted and and I was looking for Gina because I wanted to talk about our training regimes and I wanted to ask her about what serums she uses and not that it matters, but my God. And mm. so I just said, oh, goddesses, I don't know, um, you probably shouldn't ask me because I sometimes wear bathers as undies. And then I'm like, I wanted to <laughs> swallow because all the Vogue people looked like, they looked like Gwyneth Paltrow, various versions of her standing around. And they were just looking at me like, and the girl who was interviewing me even worse didn't hear it properly because she was looking around trying to find someone more famous than me to interview. So she just went, <laughs> uh. yeah. And so I'm just sitting there like, she didn't even like respond to the comment. Oh, no. Oh, uh, no. My God, like how long have I been waiting to do something with Vogue, something with the fashion, and that is my contribution? (laughs) (laughs) And it's not even true. Like I don't do that anymore. I used to, but not anymore because it gives me thrush. So I just just go and buy new undies when I run out because I haven't done the washing in a long time. So, like, (laughs) it's not even true. You need to put out a press release. And Rosiano would like to clarify, does not wear bathers for undies due to thrush. Idiot. So I like... I'm sure they put in a direct call to Anna Wintour going, you know how we're going to do the 50 questions with them, Rusty? You know, let's just can it. I know. Hold on <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Imagine if I had got loose on the 50 questions, that would not be good. It would just be a conscious stream of stuff they could not put online. Oh, it would be fucking good. And I still think this is good. And also what you skipped over is that you did look sensational. And I would describe you know, it was very it. It was brutally glamorous with just enough Disney villainous in you. the DNA of what you're wearing. There was a slight 101 Dalmatians vibe. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, actually it was more than slight. No, no, it was 100% <laughs> Cruella. I really took the brief seriously because, you know, goddesses to me are the Disney villains. And obviously I thought a lot about it. And I did have so many amazing young queer people come up to me and say, best dressed. <laughs> <laughs> Take well, that Vogue. Real victory. Take that Vogue. It was amazing. It was such a cool crowd. And I had Ruben Kay, Lisa Wilkinson, Melissa Leong, Santilla. Like I had all these Art Simone, all my friends that are never in Chloe the same. Hayden. Chloe Hayden. 
Like, oh my God, I love her so much. We were all just together in the one space. And what in what universe would we all be together, that collection of my friends? And Lisa looked around in front of everyone, Wilkinson, and said, Em, you have such great friends. And then she brought up you and Michael Lucas. I mean, we'd just be complete if he was here. And I said, I'll tell him that. So here I am telling you. She loves <laughs> you so much. Thank you. It was just such a great collection. And so obviously I was just looking around for my pal Gina, right? Like, where's of Gina? Of course. Speeches start and, oh, God, museum speeches. Like, the earnestness of the women that do it. Like, bless them. But we don't need to thank Harry the Hirer for the chairs, you know. Like, honestly. (laughs) One would hope he's been paid. He's been paid. So we got that. There was a beautiful acknowledgement of country. That was amazing. So what I really wanted was the acknowledgement of country, Gina, the next exhibition. That was the best case scenario for me. But there was, like, lots and lots of speakers, dudes on boards and things. And then they're like, and go look at the exhibition. And I'm like, huh, but where's Gina? Like, yeah, uh, what's the star attraction? No. Oscar winner. So I said to Santilla, who I went with, where's Gina? And she points. There was a roped off area and, <gasps> and it was in the corner and Gina was sitting behind a velvet rope. So there's about, I don't know, 200 oh. of us in the Acme foyer. Gina's in a corner behind a rope with one other person. So we're just all walking past looking at her like she's a fucking zoo animal and she won't come out apparently because she's afraid of getting COVID. I'm like, doll, that velvet rope is not going to protect you from getting COVID. (laughs) Velvet rope, as Janet Jackson once dedicated a whole album. Thank you. So this, but she was saying it's a bad thing because celebrities are disconnected from the from the real world and their own feelings. Correct. Hi, gay. Gina. Exactly. So she didn't exit that area. It was really strange. She sat in there, and so like I was peering in. Hi, Gina. How's the archery going? Like I train too. I have muscular arms. Also, I'm quite tall. Nah, she was not engaging at all. So I, I, got, I had to shake off the disappointment. I didn't even see her. Like I saw the back of, because she's brunette now, because initially I was looking for the for red hair for some reason because uh, she's still League, yes. of the, League of Our Own in my brain. And so, but um, honestly, I saw some footage of her at the event I was at, but I didn't see her in person and she looks incredible, not that it matters. And so we <laughs> went down into the exhibition, Michael, Michael, we went down the, and there's glittery wallpaper that says goddess. But the first thing I saw... When I walked around the corner, was Madonna's Material Girl film clip playing in full jumbotron, and Marilyn Monroe's dress on a bust form, the actual dress from um, when she sings Diamonds, and it was just. It was too much. Santilla said to me, are you okay? She said, your face, like, I thought I was going to spontaneously combust. And then a Fair couple enough. of lovely young gay men came over who listened to Emsolation and they're like, Emma, are you okay? They knew. That was so cute. And I had to stand there and then I had, I had tears in my eyes because it's just so overwhelming to see the dress, to see Madonna. But was it Madonna's dress or Marilyn's or are they the same? I don't know, but let's say yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's say you were very close to yep. two bits of fabric. Yeah. No, one bit of one fabric bit of that had touched two oh. iconic females. But then I walk around the corner and her dr- Marilyn Monroe's dress from Some Like a Hot with the love heart detail on the bum was there and it, it was just like I was so, it was beautiful. And then I'm looking at this figure and I remember she was referred to as a curvy woman, you know, as someone who was like maybe even plus size. And I'm looking she at She was this, indeed. She was. This dress, she was not what we would deem curvy and, and, like, she was, I would say, like a size six, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. not, it's so strange the way body bodies are viewed and remembered and, it, like, the way women are made to feel about their bodies and the fact that her body at any point in time she was made to feel ashamed of. Women should never feel shame about their bodies, whatever the size, but it was wild to me that this dress that I was looking at was at one point considered, you know, not of average female size. I don't know, it just blew my mind. And then they had <laughs> Mae West dress. Come up and see me sometime. Like the actual... Yeah. <sighs> so you do rate the exhibition. You might have been disappointed with the Gina factor of the opening, but the exhibition you were into, was it just those particular pieces that elicited the quasi-religious yeah. reaction in I, you? I think because I love costuming and hand-beating and camp, I think if you're into that, the exhibition is so worth your time. Like it is, 
And the fact that it's happening and being celebrated and there's costuming from Anna Mae Wong, you know, there was women from, you know, every nationality represented on screen, so it wasn't just the usual sirens. And they also have a separate section of Muriel's wedding costumes, which was a shame. <gasps> that, but they weren't in the exhibition. They are up in the main part, which oh, I thought yeah, was a they shame. Oh, yeah, they live there. They live there. Yeah. They're part of our national legacy. I just feel like reason. there could have been more Australian representation within the exhibition. They've got Deborah Melman on the poster, I see. Yeah, her costumes came up on a screen, not actually in. Ah. Yeah. It was great, but I didn't get to meet Gina Davis, so that was a bit disappointing. But on the whole, it was a wonderful evening and I did, like, I look pretty good. I did look pretty good. Yeah, no, no question. <laughs> you got a you got a trio picture with Santilla and Melissa Leong. Yeah, and uh, look, you nailed it. Yeah, what can I say? <laughs> I like to think you took at least seventy shots to get that perfect facial expression, <laughs> but it was probably a first one-off it was. thing. We just oh did one. <laughs> well, I stand before you, prepared to do another backflip on something. <gasps> Oh, no, come on. We haven't yet recovered from the Crocs. Jesus Christ, what else is there? I don't know how to oh say God. this. I don't know how to say this. I, I have become obsessed with the TV show Ted Lasso. Oh, OK. Look, <sighs> it's not quite... <laughs> Just hang on, I need to take a moment. I'm going to say it's not quite, it's not as long held an aversion. It didn't, it wasn't ever in your bio. Having said that, you weren't into Jason Sudeikis. You, and also you proudly, when the whole world is swimming in one direction, you proudly start backstroking in the opposite direction. And Ted Lasso is like basically, you know, humanity's favourite television show. Mm. And it's so bro-y, or that's what you thought anyway. It's not. But now have you cracked into it and found it a delightful, smart and moving exploration of men and mental health and all those things that everyone always said it was and it's just taken you years to get there? Damn it! Why? I sat down. So Marcella... And Scott and I have been looking for a show to watch together because we can't find anything, but we always want to have a TV show to watch. And so Odie's way too cool, so whatever. And it's a tough brief, can I say, to Correct. find something for the three of you. You and Chella, <laughs> no worries. But to stir and Scott into that mix, Jesus, what are you left with? Game of Thrones is yeah. about all I can think of. Yeah, and even Chella doesn't have the attention span for that. So we, she said, Mum, he'll like Ted Lasso. Trust me, I've watched it, you'll like it, and I want to watch it again. And I said, fine, but I'm giving you ten minutes. And then that's it. So I sat down oh, with my arms crossed and I sat there like an ice block and then as it started playing and I saw the relationship between Ted and Coach Beard and then I met Rebecca and Roy. Uh, what, as soon as that beautiful, tall, statuesque, blonde bitch walked on you, I, you you've no defences that can help you with that. You're fired. I suppose I could go for any number of reasons, really. Maybe it's because you insist on wearing those tiny shorts that force me to see one of your testicles. And there's the other one, Liam and Noel, though perhaps not an oasis. Now do piss off, you fat twat. Also, I... I realised, and we all discussed it, my personality is a combination of Ted, Rebecca and Roy. Like, if you were to combine me into one person, like, and I'm, I'm just obsessed with Roy, who's the, you know, the, the elder statesman of the team, the captain, he's really angry all the time, he abuses everyone, but with love, like, but he's got so much love in him. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like six episodes into season one. And I can't believe how much I love it. It is like, uh, no wonder people were using it as a salve for lockdown. No wonder people who were, you know, so, so sad and in the doldrums found a lifeline in Ted Lasso. I wish to apologise to any Ted Lasso fans <laughs> that I offended or that I belittled. I want to encourage anyone who was turned off by my hatred of Ted Lasso <laughs> to please revisit the show. I am woman enough. I can flap up and admit when I was wrong and I was wrong. Like, mark this in your diaries. I'm so, so sorry. I forgive you. What Amelia Culpa. At this rate, we're going to have to introduce a segment on this show, Amelia Culpa, <laughs> which is just basically... Me backflipping. You backflipping on something yeah. strongly held. Maybe this is what middle age is. You just suddenly realise. I think. I also am just not afraid to be wishy-washy. Do you know what I mean? There was a time where I... I don't describe it as wishy-washy because I feel like you strongly plan a flag one way and then you'll lift it up and you'll strongly plan it almost the other. It doesn't... You don't wash between the two. (laughs) You, like... You, like, do a full, like, triple pike and then land in the completely opposite thing. Like, when I plan... 
plant the flag, I plant it knowing there's a chance I might yank it out. You know, I'm not married to the spot where I've planted it. I don't know. No, you've feel... planted a flag. You haven't laid down concrete foundations. No. It's a very, it's, it's, no. Yeah. It's like a golf thing and the thing on the course in the hole with the stick and the flag. <laughs> It's like a tent that you pitch at the beach, very well reinforced in lots of ways, way beyond what is necessary at any kind of beach setting, but able to be taken out, yes, and quickly. If a strong enough gust of wind of change comes along, that thing will be flipped down the beach on its head. I don't care, I'll backflip. I'm Simone Biles. I'm a backflip. <laughs> I think you've made a good choice and also it's great to get into it now because it is a nice, like, change of pace from succession. The two of them are rolling out simultaneously so you can just have an hour where you feel that the world is horrible, nasty and essentially humanity is fucked and then you go over to Ted Lasso and be, be re-inspired. <laughs> Uh, two more things to chat about. Well, maybe just one. We'll see. A lot of you came along on a journey with my middle child, Odette, and I two nights ago. Odette has ADHD, inattentive type. She's being assessed for autism also. She came to me on Sunday night and said, Mum, my media project is due uh, on Tuesday and I have to shoot a video clip to a a song and um, I haven't started. And I said, what? (laughs) Okay, and I've been at the Grand Prix for three days. Oh my god, we haven't even spoken about the fucking Grand Prix. God, oh, tragedy. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I'm so disappointed that we haven't had a sports segment. <laughs> Have so many insights to share. You fucking. As if I didn't practically watch the entire thing in your Instagram stories, <laughs> going click 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 click. Are you saying you did not watch my insightful yet whimsical F1 analysis? How dare you, I know that it was an exciting race and that there was drama and things were happening and you were breathless. You skipped my stories. And you and Vincey were texting like crazy, speculating. Do you skip my stories on Instagram? What? As opposed to diligently sitting there looking through. I tell you what, I watched every single second of the Odette making the video clip one. I would not. I drank that up. Yeah, no, I'm I'm selective. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, I better make my content more interesting so that I can gauge my best friend of 9,000 years. You will fucking sit through my stories. There is no way you can make car racing Interesting to me. They did everything they could. They made a fucking movie about it with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman and they even got together and met and fell in love and got married. It still was not enough to get me into car racing. That is not F1, you lunatic. What's that one? Like supercars. That's not F1 driving. Oh, my God, you're so lame. Isn't that just like a different kind of car? (gasps) Okay, sorry. Hi, gay. Hi, gay. (laughs) I can't believe you didn't watch my stories. Like, honestly, do you want me to get good engagement? Do you want me to get good sponsorship? Like, <laughs> sit through every fucking story. I want to report now on my stories from you. If you won't even... I watch my husband flick through so fast he gets a fucking paper cut from the screen. You will sit through and watch my stories. And they're very entertaining. <laughs> I do. I just make a special exception for F1. Whatever. So, yes, Odette came to me. Anyway, the F1 was insane. The most insane ever. Everyone crashed. It was so good sidebar. I came to I'm like, oh my God, okay, fine. How far, how far into the shooting process are you? I haven't, haven't started. (laughs) Can I just say you as a person and a mother, I feel like you were built for this moment. I honestly feel like if I was writing Rossiono family fan fiction, my opening would be Odette comes running in and go, mum, we've got six hours to make the most incredible video clip of all time and it would just be yeah. hero mode engaged 100%. as far as Emma's concerned. She see me. I was like, okay, right, What's, have you done a storyboard? She's like, yes. So she gives me the storyboard. I'm like, okay, okay, right, okay. What do we need for costuming? All right, we're going to have to get actors. And then we're like, we're like, can we just shoot it with Chella? So then we had to convince Chella, which, look, that was the hardest part. She is the Leia Michelle of our family. Let's just put it that way. In terms of trying to get this woman to agree to star in her sister's music video clip, so many things had to happen for this night. She was great. So I'm like, okay, babes, all right, play me the song. So Odie had picked this fucking boring, lilty, cool, indie, no storyline, whatever song. I'm like, 
I can't get a narrative off this. What are we doing? She's like, no, this is a song I want. So we went, it was like dusk. It, we, we were on 12 hours to make this thing and we shot it on the streets of Warrandyte in the hills. There were kangaroos. It was sunset. Marcella you had beautiful weather, yeah, can I just say. Like it was, it was it, I was looking at it. It was stunning. Yeah, it was perfect. Looking out over the treetops of Warrandyte. Yeah, yeah. Magic hour. Yeah, it was good. And Marcella was twirling and we had mascara running down her face and she was driving my, my big four-wheel drive around wearing one of my very expensive dresses, which will never recover because she walked into the Yarra, but we all suffer for our art. Nothing's getting the stench of the fucking Yarra River off that damask. And so we finished filming it. There was a lot of laughing going on. We had a lot of curious kangaroos. We get home and then Odie starts editing at 10 o'clock and I sat in the bed next to her and I was like giving her snacks. I made her eggs on toast and she's editing it all up. And then about one o'clock, I will kind of wake up and she's like, it's done. And I'm like, good on you, babes. So the next morning she got up. She had the premiere in our lounge room at about 7 a.m. before she got the bus to school. And then Scott's like, well done, Odie. Well done, Chella. And I'm sitting there and I'm like... <laughs> Waiting for your moment, your acknowledgement. What about, uh, well done, Mummy? He's like, what did you do? Oh, oh. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, What? <laughs> Sorry, What? <laughs> What did I do? <laughs> While you sat on the couch watching some stupid bike race, I storyboarded, I costumed, I did hair and makeup, I drove, I provided lighting, and then I sat with our child until 1am while she edited it, keeping her spirits up. You sat on the couch and then went to bed. Like, how dare you, sir? Honestly, the bar is so low. I've had it. <laughs> should, I didn't speak to him for the whole day. He's like, what is going on? I'm like, you do not. like. And I said to Odie, you better, cre-. like the credits literally read, shot by Odette and then it's just my name 25 times. <laughs> Gaff, lighting, makeup, hair. <laughs> continuity, special thanks. Oh, there was no continuity. We had to put that down to artistic choices. <laughs> So the full video clip is done. We'll put it up on our social media. You can watch it in its entirety. Marcella should definitely be nominated for some kind of Logie or some situation, but we fucking did it, mate. Like, we did it. (laughs) (laughs) She should be nominated for a Logie. You should be offered some sort of Order Order of Australia medal. God, I'll take (laughs) one. And Scott should get nothing except a quiet corner to think about what he's done. I'd love that. He'd love a quiet corner. None of us at him. He'd fucking live for a quiet corner. That man, I'll tell you right now, Jesus Christ. Scott goes into the toilet every morning for, like, so long, 45 minutes to an hour. Wow. Yeah, he gets up specially to have his time. And Elio has just started opening the door now and just saying, too long, Daddy. Elio gets my phone and puts the stopwatch on and he sits on it and he, then he walks in and shows his dad how long he's been on the toilet. Elio cannot believe, because Elio has sensory issues and cannot get off the toilet quick enough because he doesn't want to have to smell the poo all the way. He cannot believe his father chooses to sit in the aroma of his own shit for nearly an hour. It blows Elio's mind. It blows his mind. <laughs> so Scott loves a quiet corner. Don't worry about that. All right. Well, we didn't really talk about the fact that you saw Barack Obama or the Grand Prix. But no, I think we can live with it. The only good thing about Barack Obama was that he accidentally called Julie Bishop Julia the whole time and she never corrected him and I loved it. But Adrian and I dispute. Adrian says it's because of his tendency to go, uh, so it was kind of like Julia. But I think he was saying Julia and it was intensely awkward and she could never, what can you do? You can't do anything. She just had to endure it the whole time. It was incredible. Oh, my God. I can't believe Jabish didn't correct. She strikes me as a name corrector. I have had confirmation that it happened in the Sydney one too. Yes. I know. I know. And imagine out of all the, I mean, one can see how it happened. Julie becomes Julia so easily, but it is probably her greatest political rival. <laughs> and also she, everyone, he had amazing chemistry with Julia Gillard. Everyone knows that. And he, I'm just going to say she did a good job. Great head prefect energy. There was no amazing chemistry between them. Wow. Scandal. I love it. Anyway, Fernando Alonso got on the podium. Thank God. First time those three have ever been. Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, Fernando Alonso, three safety cars. It's a record. We have never had three red flags in a Grand Prix ever in the history of it. It was insane. It was such a good race. Okay. How did Lewis uh, Tomlinson go? That is the one from One Direction. Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton. See, that was in my mind, but I thought, because you're just saying that because it's a musical. I literally just said his name five seconds before you said Lewis Tomlinson. I tuned out. Hey, have you seen (laughs) what he's done to his face, that guy? 
One Direction or the, the guy the from One Direction? No, Lewis Hamilton speaking up. Quick side quest. Is this the longest podcast we've ever made? The guy from One Direction. Uh, am I thinking of the right James? Which one am I thinking of? He's had the bucal fat removed. Buka. Liam. Oh, have you seen the pictures? I have seen that. I have seen that. Don't remove permanent bucal. Is it? Bu- I think I keep going to bukaki or bu- isn't there a sex move involving that word? Hi, gang. I just wanted to interject. We're about to go into an insulated sealed section. Remember when Dolly would do that or Cosmo and you'd have to, like, steam the glue open to be able to get inside to see some pain? Well, Michael and I are about to really go into some sexual territory. So you have been warned. Warning, warning. Please know a lot of sex stuff is coming. Okay. Bukaki involves other things actually hitting your face. Not being removed from them. So every time I hear someone's had the buccal fat removed, I think you they're think saying... You think <laughs> You would not want to make the wrong appointment booking, is all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you would. <laughs> and on that I've note... heard it's a double bill. <laughs> you should be... <laughs> First we remove the bukkake fat, then we add the like, bukkake. It's very hydrating, very moisturising. <laughs> it's such a goop. It's such a goop situation. Hey, it you, is. Can you please explain to me what it is? But just do it in a way that's appropriate. I don't know what it is. What is? What? Bu- imagine that there are people like with children in the car as they're driving. No, not children, but like, nah. Just go. What is it? Just do it. Just tell me what it is. Are you, you googling? Can you Google it? What is it? Uh, no, you know what it is. I don't. It's basically like you, What's the you, term? you are Bukaki. surrounded, like there's one Bukaki. one person yeah. is the receiver. And by the receiver it means that they're just, look, I can't say it without just saying the words. You're going to be ejaculated on by multiple people all at once. So you just sit there and like what? one thinks of the Ariana Grande, Lady Rain Gaga song, Rain on. on Me. That's what it's like. Yes, basically you just sit there and, Wait. I mean, I have not experienced it, I want to say, or participated in it. Not that there's on. anything wrong with that. Wait, you're explaining it very badly. So is this like, okay, so we're in a pass the parcel situation circle and someone sits in the middle of the circle and so Bukaki so is not... I thought it was people. Oh my god, this is not what I thought it was. I what thought you think it was? I thought Bukaki was people. So they're, they, they, it's like they shoot poo at someone from their no, buttholes. No, I, I don't think so. I, don't I thought think it that was. There is a fecal version of it. I think that we're just talking about. That's what I thought it was. Basically, so. Everybody surrounds one person. How many people are we talking? Like, is it enough to have a small gathering? Like, is it a party? Like, do you have to invite enough? Like, do you have to have ten friends to be able to do this? Because I, I think you just need it. multiples. I think three or more is 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 right. how you would get. And and as I understand it, it it is it, it began in Japanese culture. Read into that what you will, but I'm pretty sure it began in Japan and now has spread. And let's just say it's really found a home for itself in gay porn. Michael, I still don't understand what happens. What do you mean? One person's down on the ground, on their knees, as Madonna sang, and then there's a circle of naked people around them masturbating and they all ejaculate on one person. So one person gets absolutely covered. But I imagine they have to stand quite close because the range... They do, yes. Of course they do. Because I've never measured how far jizz can fly, but I don't think it could be... I don't think it could go the distance. It's very variable. Right. One of the things that you don't learn until you start sleeping with multiple well, men. Well, mark this down <laughs> in your calendar. The big changes. I mean, um, the yeah, no, but yeah, of course, it is very close. It's a, it's right. it is it is an intimate activity. But you involving... need enough room to be able to perform the masturbation. You'd be smacking the person in the head with your fist. Like you have to allow for like, oh, do they get a tape measure? Out? Do they mark out spots on the floor like you're shooting a TV commercial? Like, how do you know where to be? Oh, this is I'm too just going to say this has me. been very well recorded on video. If you just want to do a Google no, video no. search of Bukaki, <laughs> all these questions no. will be answered. No. I never want to know what it looks like. You know how I often say, oh, God, I've got to make Sophie's choice because I'm not sure if I want the beef or the chicken? I've never <sighs> seen that movie. I don't want to know what it's about. Don't ruin it. I will never Google this because I don't want to know. <laughs> oh, I can never see a way that that will blow up in your face. <laughs> Pun intended. Um, anyway. Hi, gay. What an ending. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I'm Pun intended. Jesus. 
You Let's should stop be it. high on Codril more often. All right. Well, get get better soon, and uh, I'll, I'll see you soon. All right. Okay. Bye. Goodbye. I wish you well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This is Emsolation. Okay, that's it. Well, are you feeling more educated now after that sealed section? And if you skip the sealed section, that is totes fine by me. I also just wanted to briefly say to you before I leave you for the week, the post I put up on Instagram around autistic lunchboxes, the comment section has been so glorious and lovely and supportive and restored my faith in social media somewhat. I did talk about how I saw the woman, you know, who put up a picture of her kid's lunchbox thinking it wasn't good enough and me seeing it going, lady, that is good. And again, I was not judging her. I was thinking, oh, my God, imagine if she saw Elio's lunchbox because Elio is autistic and will only eat beige foods. And I put up the video of last week's podcast on my socials and um, so many of you gathered there to support each other. And also, I really enjoyed reading some of your children's niche food requirements, but also I agreed with pretty much all of them. I understood the rationale behind them, but it was a safe space and a way to feel less alone because I know you know if you have a child on the spectrum or a couple kids on the spectrum, or you, you it can be... I get to you. It can be really lonely. You can feel like, um, you know, you're the only one going through it because it just doesn't get spoken about enough. So that is my job and I will continue to do that and I realise that is so important and so I promise you I will talk more about, you know, being on the spectrum and being the parent of someone on the spectrum and I, I can see. And if you haven't read the comments, even if you're a neurotypical, go and check out the post on my Instagram because it's just wild. Some of these kids, I have to say... A lot of autistic kids are happy to raw dog their Vegemite on bread. No butter, just no protection, just raw dogging the Vegemite straight onto a piece of bread. I respect it, I respect it. All right, gang, thank you so much for being here. As always, check out our socials. Please become a pen pal. There's a lot of exciting developments over the next couple of weeks. Things are a-changing and we're going to need all of you on board and in the know, so make sure you sign up to the newsletter. And also, if you'd like to become a patron, we would really love that. It's extra-level support for us. All that information is on the Instagram. Or you could shout the team a coffee, just a one-time little, hey, well done, guys, here's a coffee. You can do that as well. But, yeah, bio on the Instagram. Click that little link and all the information is there for you. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. I see you. Have a fantastic rest of the week. And I'll catch you soon. Bye. Emsolation with M. Rossiano is a Spotify exclusive podcast recorded at Down the Hill Studios, hosted by M. Rossiano with Michael Lucas and sometimes her eldest daughter, Marcella. Executive produced by Benjamin Wosley. Produced by M. Rossiano. Edited by Ezekiel Fenn. With videos by James Henderson. Socials by Marcella Rossiano Barrow. With assistance from Jem Evans, plus cameos from M's dad, Vin. Get the full Emsolation experience by following us on Instagram at Emsolation Podcast. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. Join other Emsolators at the Emsolation Group on Facebook. The answer is Harry Styles. If you really want to help us out, you could become a patron of Emsolation. Share this podcast with a friend. Give us a five-star rating and make sure you're following us on the Spotify app by actually hitting the follow button. As always, thanks for listening. And we're excited to chat with you again soon. In the middle of our tournament where my friend John said he found a body in the bushes over there, I ran over there because I'm a healing monk to try and help, but obviously my magic wasn't strong enough because the dude's body was missing a head. So my friend decided to try and use a necromancer spell, which didn't work, which I knew it wouldn't. And apparently we contaminated the crime scene because that spell uses a lot of glitter.